Hello everyone and welcome to episode 6 of our studies in Hebrews. Time flies when you're having fun. I hope you're having fun. I certainly am. Thanks for joining me again. Now in our last episode we considered Jesus as the rest giver uh, and we also looked at God's great invitation uh, for us to enter that rest by faith in Jesus and to keep enjoying that rest by faith every day as long as it's called today. In the next two episodes we want to come back to this idea of Jesus as the high priest which was introduced early in the letter and then singled out in chapter 3 verse 1, Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. I said then that much of the rest of this letter focuses on Jesus as the high priest and in fact in chapter 4 verse 14 through to chapter 7 verse 28 Hebrews really looks at Jesus' priesthood with one thing in mind, and that is to show that the priesthood of Jesus is superior to all the other priesthoods that went before. Uh, The priesthood of Levi and Aaron and uh, all that was part of the Old Covenant. So the writer, in keeping with his theme, is showing us the supremacy and the superiority of Christ in every aspect of our relationship with God. So 4.14 to 7.28 is really one big section. And it's going to really occupy us this episode and in our following episode. But I don't want to do it verse by verse. We we aren't able to do that. What I want to do is I want us to look at this big section in terms of its major themes. So today we want to look at the truth that Jesus is the great high priest and what that actually means, what it means for him to be our priest. And then in our next episode, we want to look at two response passages and see how it is that we should be responding to Jesus as our great high priest. So then a few things to notice, and again I want to invite you to reread this passage, work through it for yourself, make notes, and I hope that what I'm saying in these very short sessions will be an encouragement to you, and in fact will be a kind of a starter kit for you to be thinking through these great truths for yourself. So what are the things that we need to notice about Jesus as our high priest? Well, 4.14, we notice that the one who is our high priest is Jesus, the Son of God, who has passed through the heavens. Do you see that? Jesus, the Son, we've heard a lot about the Son already in this letter. He is the one who has come as our high priest. So the one who is our high priest is Jesus, the Son of God. In other words, what we're dealing with here is a king priest, something that was not allowed under the Levitical priesthood and under the law of Moses. But here in Hebrews, we're dealing with Jesus, the Son of God, the King, Psalm 2, and we're dealing with the High Priest, um, Psalm 110. And we've seen those verses before. We also notice that Jesus, the Son of God, the High Priest, has passed through the heavens. That is, he's not serving at the earthly tabernacle, more about that later in our series, but rather he is in fact serving at God's right hand in the heavenly places where he's exalted to God and where you remember in chapter 1 he sat down at God's right hand. So we have a priest who represents us in God's very presence in the heavenlies. Chapter 4 verse 15 we are told that he's able to sympathize with us. Remember we saw that Jesus becomes a true human being like us in every way except without sin and that's again there in chapter 4 verse 15. So he's tested, tempted in every way. He experiences temptation just as we do, except for Jesus, of course, the temptation always comes from the outside, from the world and the devil and other people, never like us from the inside, but that doesn't make it any less real. So he's tested and tempted 
yet unlike us, he is without sin. So unlike the other priests who had to deal with sacrifices for their own sins before they could ever represent the people, Jesus actually has no sin of his own to deal with. And therefore he's all the more able to represent us as priests, but more to the point, because he's a true human being as well as the Son of God, who has lived in our world and known what it is to be tested and, of course, tempted by the devil in the wilderness, as we know, and throughout his life, really, the devil trying to knock him away from God's plan, he can sympathize with us. He knows what it is to have to make hard choices and, in fact, to resist and even to the point of shedding his blood, as the letter says. And what is more is he learned obedience through suffering, verse 8 and verse 9 of chapter 5. Now, that doesn't mean to say that Jesus wasn't perfect to start with. But the perfect Son of God who came into the world modeled and matured that perfection day by day through suffering, facing tests and temptations, and being obedient to his Father. You know, we sometimes just give in and take the pressure off. But Jesus actually was completely faithful all the time. And so in that sense, he is perfected, the perfect son of God, becoming the perfect representative, the perfect priest. Because every time he was tested, he resisted and he's so better able, one, to identify and sympathize, two, to represent us. Therefore, 7 verse 26, he is the perfect high priest. What an extraordinary and wonderful thing it is that he said about Jesus. It is fitting that we should have a high priest like this, 726, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, exalted above the heavens. There it is again. No need to offer sacrifices for his own sins. And he is able to, because he offered himself, he's able to represent us in the presence of God. And then the other thing that he said about him, and you'll find this in this passage, beginning with the words to, about Abraham in chapter 6, verse 13, and on into the bit about Melchizedek in chapter 7, is that Jesus did not take this honor upon himself. He didn't self-appoint himself. He didn't just presume to be a priest. He was sent by God, remember, apostle and high priest. He was sent by God to be our priest, and he was appointed by God, and that with an oath. Chapter 6, verse 13 to 18, underlines the fact that God's word in Christ is made all the more certain because God actually brings Jesus into this priesthood, as Psalm 110 says, with an oath. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Again, 7 verse 20. That's Psalm 110 that's being quoted. And then, of course, picking up this idea from Psalm 110 and from the book of Genesis, Jesus is a priest like Melchizedek, a priest, therefore, who has 724, a permanent priesthood. He continues forever. Melchizedek in the Genesis story appears and we just see him, we don't know where he came from and where he went to. Of course, it doesn't mean that he didn't, wasn't born and didn't die, but the story doesn't tell us about that. And so he becomes the perfect image of Jesus' priesthood. Jesus who comes from the eternal Father and who returns to the Father's side from eternity to eternity. God the Son who has become our priest now represents us forever. Remember that verse? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And therefore, he's superior to the Levitical priests because death meant that they could not continue and had to be replaced. But no one has to replace Jesus. And how important that is, that there's no replacement for Jesus. He is the true priest appointed by God's word. He lives forever through the resurrection and his exaltation to the right hand of God. 
He is the perfect sacrifice and therefore what he has done on the cross is as valuable and as valid today as it ever has been. He's in the heavenlies and for that reason he is the mediator of a permanent and a far better covenant because he is this great high priest. One last statement which underlines the value of Jesus' priesthood, verse 25 of chapter 7, therefore he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him. What a great truth that is, that Jesus can save us completely if we will treat him as our priest and come near to God through him. We don't need other priests. Jesus is the one priest appointed by God who lives forever. Thanks for joining me. Look forward to seeing you in our next episode as we think a little bit more about our response to this great truth.